You mean I've got to get my paperwork out again? Nobody remembers? Treasure. Hidden, treasure. Hidden treasure. And remember, I said we we're going to have to go back to it a little bit because I made a mistake. I, had a, I found a type, uh, typing error. I reversed something. Anybody remember that, which one that was? They, you should, should have circled it. I told you to circle it. So I'm going to go back and correct it. Well, before we get started on that, we'll cover it in a second. Let's, uh, let's start with the nugget this morning, and then we'll get to that. Okay. Nugget this morning. Compromise will write the story. Compromise will write the story of your future. Compromise will write the story of your future. Okay. Glory to God. Think about that for a moment. You compromise, it's going to write your story. So let's not compromise any longer. I think we all have compromised. Well, it goes for, well, we're not going to get into that. I get, get on the soapbox and that's it's not too good. Okay. On hidden treasure, if you'll turn in your, well, I gave you the scripture of Ephesians. Remember Ephesians? I said to circle that. I said I have to look that up, correct it, because it's very important. So none of you. I said go to Ephesians chapter four, but that was incorrect because I couldn't figure figure out what I wrote. So the real. One is Ephesians chapter 1. And looking at verse 4, I had those things turn around. It says, according, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him. We were talking about hidden treasures. And we said, the treasure possessed him before he possessed it. So you are, God's a treasure and he possessed us before we possessed him. So that takes that all around. So that that make any sense now? Yeah. Correction. Okay, Father, we praise you. We just thank you, Lord, as we look to the word this morning. I thank you, Lord, there be no more mistakes, that everything be correct. And Father God, that, that uh, we will, Father God, rejoice in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. But we're going to go refer back to last Sunday in a moment, uh, for a moment here. We talked about one of the hidden treasures out in the town of Guadalupe. I says, you know, there must be buried treasure out there. I found out, I, I, I heard, somebody said, they have found it already. Well, I had to do a little researching. They have. So, uh, in 19, the, the movie was made in 1923. The uh, Ten Commandment movie set was in Guadalupe. I'm just going to give you some information I found out. Uh, and I have since learned that there's a museum in Guadalupe that has some of these treasures um, or artifacts. The museum, if you want to go check it out, is, is open Wednesday through Sundays, 10 to 4 p.m. And I plan to go out there one of these nights or days, I should say. For those who are interested in learning more about the uh, 1923 uh, movie, Ten Commandments, uh, look on the internet. Um, there's a lot of interesting facts and pictures. Uh, look up Ten Commandments and uh, Guadalupe, California, and you'll see. Uh, they had an array of beautiful things. I never saw such. Uh, in fact, that was the, uh, the greatest set that has ever made for a picture. Uh, here's some facts. The movie was called, uh, the movie set was called The City of the Pharaohs. 
Okay. Then it was called the lost city of De, uh, Cecil B. DeMille's because they had buried it and nobody knew where it was for a while. Um, here's what the walls and the gates of that city were over uh, from 700 to 800 feet long. So it was a pretty good size set. It towered. These, the walls and the gates towered 120 feet tall. Wow, that is huge. There were 21 giant finxes, you know, those things that they, the claws like this, they had the, okay, there's 21, they, were, they weigh each five tons. Um, in a recent find in 2014, they didn't move these things, they just let them there, sit there. One is valued at $120,000. Wow, so. Uh, they had four statues of uh, Ramesses, that tall pharaoh. They were 35 feet tall. So, you know, we're getting a little, I thought these were quiet. The movie set sat on 24 square acres. No wonder they can't find it all. They had over 3,000 cattle. It took uh, 1,600 men to build a set. Okay. Okay, today the majority of, of the set remains under the dunes someplace. Now, they find the one sphinx and they're going to try to figure out we're all laid out because they didn't, couldn't move those dudes, so they're buried after, the rest of them are buried after someplace. The sand dunes at that time belonged to Union Sugar Beet plant. Okay, the film cost 1.7, no, 1.4 million. Uh, he thought it was going to cost only 700000 a little over 700000 You see, it kind of bloomed up. But the film held the uh, best gross box office for a long time, you know, gross money coming in. And here's one that Cecil B. DeMille's donated all his earnings from the film to charities. So, wow. So it gives you a little added, uh, well, Gave me some added incentive to go out there and look at the, the museum out there. They've got a few things. So I don't know if you're interested in that kind of stuff, but uh, I was, I am. So, okay. We're going to start for this, this morning's, okay. In our Wednesday studies, uh, we have been looking at anybody? The Believer's Authority, Glory to God, by Kenneth Hagin. Um, it has been an open discussion class. So it, it enables uh, all participant, participants to ask questions or share things they have discovered and uh, help one another. Um, many people, now this is not with the, for the class, but uh, many people outside have the wrong idea and concepts of God. You know, you look at his word and you say, you know, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And, you know, you see movies where the guy says, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. You, you killed so-and-so, I'm going to kill you and all that type of stuff. You know, well, we'll find out some of this stuff is wrong. Okay. So what is the image of God? What is the image of God? So I know if you were reading through the Bible, you should have read the book of Genesis. <laughs> Maybe you didn't get any further than Genesis. So we're going to look at Genesis this morning for a moment. Genesis chapter 1. That's a good place to start. So what is the image of God? Genesis 1, verse 26 and 27 from the King James. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over the, all the earth, and over everything that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So if we are created in his image, we need to know what part of his image is. Okay? So let's turn to the book of Hebrews for a moment. Hebrews chapter 1. 
looking at Hebrews chapter 1, we will look at verses 1, 2, and 3. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made, all, made the worlds. 3, verse 3, look at this. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his persons and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So Jesus is the express image of God. So let us make it. So man is an express image of God. Wow, that's something else. Uh, since we're in that New Testament, let's go back up to the book of Philippians chapter 2. In the book, book, book of Philippians chapter 2. Verse 7, this is speaking of Jesus. But made himself of no reputation, but it's verse two, uh, chapter 2 of Philippians, verse 7. But made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. So God's image is like us. Okay. Go back to Genesis chapter 1. Verse 26 again. And the Lord said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. Or let them have dominion. God made man in his own image so man can operate the same way God did. We're to operate just like God did. So just how, just how is man to have dominion over God's creation? God showed Adam and Eve how to operate in the garden. They had fellowship with God. They walked together. They talked together. So he learned. God had spoken, glory to God, the one who speaks get this, the one who speaks expects to be heard. So when you're talking to someone, you expect them to hear you, not ignore you. Okay? Uh, and God was heard. And Adam understood and spoke chapter 2 of Genesis chapter 2. Look at verse 19. We'll learn something here. It's Genesis 2, chapter 19. And out of the ground God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. So Adam learned something. He spoke things. Call things. This is the first time that uh, uh, that we have uh, Adam uh, operating like God. He called things. He named things. Chapter two. Still, drop down to verse twenty. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to all the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found, and help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs, and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made a woman, and brought her unto the man. Whoa, whoa, Clay. Okay. Now, let's see what Adam says. 
Verse 23. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. He shall be, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Whoa. So here we have Adam prophesying and then also bringing the institution and ordination of a true marriage. A man and a woman. Not same-sex couples. So, you know, you can't, you can't ignore that. Some people are just a little bit dense and think they can go uh, change God's word, word and ways. They can't be. Okay. So you got it right there. Right, right at the very beginning of the book, we find out it's man and woman that get married, not so-and-so and so-and-so. Okay. God made us in his image. And he gave us the ability and the authority, glory to God, to use the word system. The word system. So if you're looking for a title, uh, God's system or when God speaks. That's God's system or when God speaks. So we got, we're learning the word system. Authority of the believers talks about the word system. Okay. Glory to God. The seeds of God's words must be down in man's heart. The heart of man was designed by God, glory to God, to produce what is sown in there. The words you speak, the words that I speak, come, come from your heart. They can either work for you or work against you. Amen, oh me. Okay. Uh, this, so that's why it's important that we should use his words because his words are true. Okay. And that's the hidden secret that we must always implement. Let's go to John chapter 15. In order to operate like God, speaking, this is what needs to be done. John chapter 15. Jesus tells us a secret here. John chapter 15, looking at verse 7. If ye abide in me, and my words abide, glory to God, in you, so there's, there's a secret. If ye abide me and my words abide in you. So if we have the word in us, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So let's, let, we need to get more into the word and find out what the word says, who we are, what we, what we need to do. And like I said, don't let or don't compromise because compromise will change a lot. So it's up to us to discipline ourselves. Amen? To abide in his word. Now Adam and Eve misuse the gift. They listen to the enemy instead. They had, according to what we read in Genesis 1 there, they had the authority over everything. They could have said, shut up and leave, leave the garden. They were supposed to tend the garden, and he let this snake in the grass <laughs> talk to him and, and mess things up. So how many times, uh, I hate to say it, how many times have we messed up? How many times, how many times have you messed up? listening to the wrong advice. You knew it was wrong, but you said, well, I can get by it. You know, just a little bit. It's just stretching the truth just a little bit. It's, boy, you're all sanctified people out there. (laughs) 
And when they listened to the, the enemy and did what the enemy told, told them to do, they turned all the authority over to him. Bad news, bad news. Okay, let's go back to Genesis chapter 2 again. In, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, beginning with verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat freely, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in that day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So Adam was, Adam was, and Eve, well, at this point it was just Adam, um, was given a choice. Each and every one of us is given a choice of good and evil. Blessings or cursings, okay? So the law of choice goes along with the law of the word. So you choose your own words. But the beautiful thing about it, God tells us which way, to, what to do. He gives us an inside. Uh, you could say, uh, you know, in, in the world of finances, uh, if you give somebody insight to finances, you know, on, on money moving, you can get in trouble. But here God says, I'm going to give you the right answer. I'm going to let you pass this test if you just follow this. You know. You know, passing tests. Getting the right answer. You know, if, if, if your teacher says, okay, this is what's going to be on the test. These three questions are going to be on the test. Wouldn't it be stupid of you not to look at the look look at the the answer, find the answers for those three questions. Well, that's what God says. Okay, I'm giving you the answers to the test. Just follow through on it. And uh, unfortunately, many of us, I did it my way. Hello. How many do it their way? Don't raise your hands. I see your eyes drop. Chin drop, head drop. You did it your way. I did it my way. It's not any good. Again, the, the word and your choices work together. Uh, let's go to the book of Deuteronomy now. Deuteronomy chapter 30. In Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. We will go to start with, begin with verse 11. That's Deuteronomy chapter 30, beginning with the 11th verse. For this commandment which I command thee this day is not hidden from thee. Okay, this thing is not hidden. Neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldst say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us that we may hear it? Hear of it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very nigh thee, even the, the in thy mouth, in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before you this day life and good, death and evil. So there's a choice good or evil. Life or death. What you say with our, what we say with our mouth is going to direct our path. Is what we are going to get. Okay, let's go on. Looking at verse sixteen. 
beginning with verse 16. And in that I command this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways. What did he just tell us? To do good. And keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land where, whether thou goest to possess it. But if thy heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but thou shalt be drawn away, and worship other gods and serve them, I denounced unto you this day, that you shall early, utterly perish, and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land which thou hast passed over the Jordan to go and possess it. Verse 19, I call, God saying, I call heaven and earth to, to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. God tells us what, what we need to do. And we don't pass the test. We fail the test. Open book test. We, we go, I'm, I'm. God tells us the best choice. We need to listen and follow God's advice. Then we will reap the blessings. Glory to God. Okay. You remember, well, just before the book of Psalms, anybody know what the book is? All right, good. Job, the book of Job. Let's go all the way to Job chapter 3. Find Job and we will... Job was a blessed man, but he fell into a dilemma, fell and recovered. I don't want us to fall and have to recover. We just need to be blessed. Okay? In Job chapter 3, look at verse 20, 25. That's Job 3.25. For the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come upon me. Wow. Okay. The opposite of faith is fear. Fear in a man, man's heart produces fear in his words. So if you have fear in your heart, fear is going to come out in your words. I don't think I can do this. That's fear. Okay, let's go back to uh, chapter 1 of Job. Let's see what Job was speaking with his mouth. Job 1, chapter five, Job 1, verse 5. Job 1, chapter 1, and verse 5. And it was so when the days of their feastings were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. Oh, wow. Job was not operating in faith. Um, he's operating in fear. Never, never assume something for assuming is the lowest form of knowledge. Find out before you speak or declare. Don't presume. Have a, have a right, make a right decision, calculated decision. Don't assume something. Well, I think they're going to do this. Find out. Okay. Job, that's Job 1.5. Let's go to Job 1.10. Job 1.10. Hast thou, hast not thou made a hedge about him? This is Satan. No, let's go to verse 9. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear, not for a, fear God for not? 
Hast not uh, thou hast made a hedge about him, about his house, and about all, he, about all he has on every side? Thou hast blessed the works of his hand, and his substance is increased in his land. So the devil saying, you've got a hedge around Job. Don't we, when we pray, wall of protection around, uh, around us, give, give a spirit of discernment, give me a wall of protection about us. We pray that for, you know, friends or family when they go on a, on a trip, uh, traveling mercies, angels around them, so forth. Uh, that's a good hedge. It's a good hedge to have. Amen? Glow. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay, let's see if I got this right here. I'm missing. This is bad news when you have, have to type it out, write it out. Let's go to the book of Ecclesiastics. That's found right after what book, anybody? Good, Proverbs. So go to Ecclesiastics chapter 10 for a moment. We're going to find out something here about a hedge. It's Ecclesiastics chapter 10. Verse 8. He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it. Well, that's true. Here's the part that we want to look at, the latter part. And whosoever breaketh the hedge, a serpent shall bite him. So, Job had a hedge around him, but he broke that hedge with fear. And what bit him? The enemy was thrown right, came down on him with both feet. So don't speak fear. Don't tear down the hedge. Each and every one of us has a hedge around us. Don't allow that to come to be pulled away with your own words. So, let's go back to the book of Job. Finding the book of Job. This time we want to go all the way to the 40th, 40th chapter of Job. Glory to God. In the 40th chapter of Job, we want to begin with verse 1. Now listen. Job chapter 40, verse 1. Moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, Shall he that contendeth with the Almighty instruct him? In other words, are you trying to instruct me, Job? I think we've all done that. Now, Lord, this is the way I want things to happen. You know, um, he that reproveth God, let him answer it. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vile. Well, let's go to the Amplified on that, where Job speaks. Verse 4. That's Job chapter 40. Verse 4 from the Amplified. Behold, I am of a small account and vile. What shall I answer you? That I may lay my hand upon my mouth. In other words, hey, I found out I'm doing something wrong here. This is after all that, there was nine months that through, they say that the things that happened to Job happened by, in a period of nine months. He said, all these things happened and I have spoken out of turn. So I'm good. I should lay my hands on my mouth. Now let's go back. To, uh, let's go back to verse. Uh, go down to verse eight. This is God speaking. Wilt thou also disannul my judgment? Wilt thou condemn me that, that thou may be righteous? In other words, God says, "Are you going to just say that you're better than me, and, and your judgment is better than mine?" You know, unfortunately, many of us <laughs> condemn God 
and lay aside uh, our responsibilities. Well, you know, if they didn't come across this thing and had me do this, it would have been all right. God, it's your fault. I was, doing, I was going the right path and something happened. You, know, you brought these things in. Uh, so let's, let's return to Job chapter 1. See, these are words. Job chap chapter 1. Now we've heard this statement before. Job chapter 1, verse 21. And he said, Naked I came out from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return thither. Here's what you hear. The Lord gave, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. How many here ever heard that? The Lord gave, and the Lord taketh away. Well, although the statement's written in the Bible... It's not a true fact, okay? It's not a true fact. The Lord directs us to good and to blessings. He so tells us to what? Choose the good and be blessed, okay? What does John 10.10 10 tell us? The thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy, but I, God, Jesus, came to give life and life more abundantly. Where does that say that he takes away there? So, you know, we, we hear that and we're like, oh, amen, glory to God, I know, I understand the Lord took it from you. He, you, you can't have, he understood you can't have riches because you're just going to, you know, just not deal with it, have, you know. I can't have riches because the Lord knows I'm going to do bad things. That's just a cop out saying, you know. The Lord would give it to me and he'd take it away. That's why we can get it. Okay? This, this, is, this is what John 10.10 10 tells exactly how the Lord is. He wants to bless us. He doesn't want to take things away. The only thing he wants to take away is sin. Amen. Okay, going back. <laughs> We're going to to the end of Job again, chapter 42 this time. In chapter 42. Beginning in verse 1. We'll start with verse 1. That's Job. Chapter 42. Beginning in verse 1. Then Job answered the Lord and said. I know that thou canst do everything. And that no thought can be withheld from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered that I understood not. In other words, I'm speaking out of turn. I don't know what I'm saying. Let me read it from the Amplified, uh, verse 3. You said to me, Who is this that darkness obscures my counsel by words without knowledge? Therefore, I now see I have rashly uttered what I did not understand. And understand Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Wow. I had, virtually, I had virtually said to you what you have said to me. Here I beseech you, and I will speak, and I will demand of you, and you declare to me. Wow. I, heard, I had heard of you only by the hearing of the ear, but now my spiritual eyes see you. In other words, until you find out what the word of God really says, don't say thus you know, a lot of people say, Thus saith the Lord. And uh, you're hearing of that a lot from a lot of people. Thus saith the Lord, and it's not true. It doesn't come to, come to pass, and, and a lot of people believe them, and they, they go astray. It says, well, God lied there. It didn't come to pass. Well, it wasn't God that was lying. It was a person saying, Thus saith the Lord. So watch out. If somebody prays over you and says, Thus saith the Lord, Find out where they're coming from. Or just put it on the shelf and see, see what manner they are. Because uh, you may not want to claim that prophecy over you. Okay? So we see when Job saw that his problem was, uh, was the words of his mouth, he repented. 
And then when he repented, God blessed him. So if, if you've ever said something wrong, repent of it so you can be blessed. Don't let, the words, let your words, and don't let uh, pride get in your way. God already knows who you are and what you do. Don't let pride get in the way. Um, see, God has always wanted a bold people. Hello out there. God wants bold people who would rule. He wants people who, are, who will use their authority as the believer on earth and stand unashamedly on his word. Are you bold? We need to be bold as a... Well, some of you are trying to think of who you want to be bold like. It says bold as a lion. I tell you what, you know, when you walk into a lion's cage, the lion's not going to go, oh, don't hurt me. He's going to roar, and you're going to step out of the cage. Uh, I know this is uh, a little bit, you could say this is out of context, but go through the 2 to 3 M section of your Bible, and the first M is in the old, last book of the Old Testament. And Malachi 3.10, it says, Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, so that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now wherewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. In other words, we can use that for just about anything in the, in the Word of God. God says to prove me. Amen. Prove me. Boldness. Who proved God? Boldness. So let's now turn back to the Old Testament and find 1 Samuel chapter 17. Here's somebody that proved God, who was bold. He understood what the Word said. And we need to know what the Word says about ourselves and walk in it. 1 Samuel. Amen. Chapter 17. Looking at verse 45. Well, let's go to verse 44. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh to the fowl of the air and to the beast of the field. Then David said, to the Philistine, thou cometh to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield. But I come unto thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. He not saying you defiled me, but you have defiled God. This day I, will the Lord deliver thee unto my hand, and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the... And, give the, and I will give the carcass to the host of the Philistines this day to the fowls of the air and to the wild beast of the earth that all the earth shall know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saves not with a sword and a spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. That's boldness. Are we willing enough to be bold to speak out? like David. When you know the truth and there's an enemy that's a giant standing before you and behind that giant is an army ready to rush after he slices you up. Stand front. Stand tall. You're, you're made to be more than a conqueror. Amen? Well, let's go to 1 Kings. Look at somebody else. 1 Kings chapter 18. We hear, here we see Elijah. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long? 
Halt thee between two opinions. If the Lord be God, follow him. But if it be Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Whoa. You know, we have a lot of, there's a lot of Christians in the world that are being harassed, being persecuted, being martyred. And they stand up. You've seen pictures of it. You've seen maybe seen some of the videos of these Christians with their hands tied behind their back, marching. Well, the ones I saw, there's marching along the seashore, had them kneel down and say, renounce this God. He said, no, we're not going to renounce our God. And they beheaded him and shot him in the head and so forth. Are we bold enough to, do, to have someone, some of us would say, do you go to church? Oh, not me. I don't go to church. Are you a Christian? Oh, well, you know, I do go to church once in a while, but I'm not, you know. Are you saved? Well, do you believe in Jesus? Oh, can't speak the name of Jesus. Glory to God, we got a president that says, no longer happy holidays, but Merry Christmas. This is Resurrection Sunday. We're not looking for bunnies any longer. Or a fat man with a white beard. We're looking for the King of Kings. Amen. Glory to God. Well, boldness. Verse 37. Of First Kings 18. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, that thou hast turned their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Are we bold enough to stand up for God, to lead? Whoa, glory to God. Go to, with me to the book of Daniel. Book of Daniel chapter 3. The three Hebrew children didn't bow before Nebuchadnezzar's idol. That's Daniel chapter 3, verses, looking at verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer this, thee in this manner. We're not, we're not fearful to answer you this way. If it be so, our God, in whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship thy golden image which thou hast set up. Glory to God. Bold enough to stand up in the face, face of death. I tell you what, when they went into that furnace, there were not three in that furnace. Nebuchadnezzar, there is one like the Son of God in there. And when they walked out, they didn't even smell the smoke. Didn't even know they were in there. Nothing was singed. That hair and the head was singed, or arms, or whatever. You come out clean with God all the time. Glory to God. Now, the Old Testament, the word system operated because of God's covenant. Glory to God. Let's go back to Genesis chapter, this time to chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Beginning in verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Yea, 
shall ye not eat of the tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat it, eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Whoa. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not die, surely die. For God, hath, for God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, you, you, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And the, and the woman saw the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and also gave unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Whoa. Adam lost his power at that point. The ability to speak God's word. Now, the factors that led down to the fall, they saw the tree was good food. Lust of the flesh. They saw it for food. Lust of the flesh. Two, it was pleasant to the eyes. Lust of the eyes. Three, it desired to make one wise. The pride of life. Jesus restored the words of God and defeated the devil with the word. And he used the same three things that he tempted Adam and Eve with, with Jesus. In the first one, he says, Jesus answered, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, there's that food, but by every word of God. Two, it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and only thou shalt serve. And three, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. What happened after Jesus said these things? The devil ran away, left. All we have to do is speak the word. Oh. Speak the word. If we don't have the word within us, it's not going to come out. I mean, you got to cram. The, I mean, you got to cram like you're at school. You got to know what's what's in that book. You got to know what, what the answers are. So you can speak them out. You can't say, well, just like just like Paul said, I cast you out. Like Paul, well, what happened to him? The devils beat him up. Not Paul, but the guy that was trying to cast it out, the devils. It was just like Paul. Now you got to know the word. We got to know the word for ourselves. That's the only time the devil's going to flee. Jesus legally reestablished the word system. Glory to God. Let's go to John chapter 6 this time. John chapter 6. And John... Going to John chapter 6, we're going to look at... Verse 63, Jesus speak, speaking, It is spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So the words that God speaks, Jesus speaks, are spirit and life. The words that we repeat from him are spirit and life. It's going to drive the enemy away. Go to John chapter 12. Glory to God. Hallelujah. John chapter 12. Whoa, I'm over time. John chapter 12, looking at verse 49. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father has sent me. He gave me a commandment. What should I say? And what I should speak. Jesus speaks the word of God. Amen. We need to learn to speak the word of God. 
God, if God gave Jesus words to speak, He can give us words to speak. John chapter 17. I've got to hurry. John chapter 17. Look at verse 8. John 17, 8. For I have given, them, for I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me. Amen. We've got God's words. Amen. And they have received them. And have known them surely they have come out from thee and I have, and they that believe that thou hast senteth me. So we have God's words and we, we sang one of the songs, Matthew 18, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, whatever you loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. We've got that power. Yes, amen. The song by Laverne Tripp, we've got the power. Some of you are too young for that. We're to take God's word and operate it here on earth. Glory to God. God told Adam to subdue the earth, to have dominion over the earth. We're to pick up where he goofed up. Run the set course. Have dominion. Be overcomers, conquerors, be joint heirs. Have no limits. Have no boundaries. Stretch forth thy faith. The value of speaking the word correctly is so that we can reign as kings and priests in our lives here, right now. What do kings and priests have? They have subjects. They have subjects. Amen. Or are you a subject to somebody else or something else? Speak to it. Get it out of the way. Rise up to the position that we're called to be in. Amen? Amen. You use the word of God to promote and produce faith-filled atmosphere and, cli and a climate of success. Again, use the word of God to promote and produce fa a faith-filled atmosphere and a climate of success. Then you will reap the benefits. Using God said you have a choice. What are you going to do? There's power in your tongue. Death and life are within the power of your tongue. Let's go to the, well, we've got two more scriptures. Let's go to Matthew chapter 12. In Matthew chapter 12. Look at verse 35. Jesus again is speaking. Matthew 12, 35. A good man out of the good treasure... Of the heart bringeth forth good things, and evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you, that every idle word that man shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words shalt thou be justified, and by thy words shall be condemned. Let's be justified when we stand before God. And the final one that uh, scripture we're going to be looking at is in Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs chapter 23. Verse 7 says, that's Proverbs 23, verse 7. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. For what you think in your heart, so are you. If you really mean business, speak God's word, act the word, do the word. Begin to speak the word of God over your life. Get it in your heart. Speak it out of your mouth and it will produce an abundance of fruit in your life. Amen. And blessings will over 
take you daily. Goodness and mercy shall follow me every day of my life. Take that one, like I said, take that one, stick it in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> daily, goodness and mercy daily follows you. Let's get with the program. Amen. Anybody need prayer this morning? Or afternoon now, I'm sorry. Okay, let's all stand. Glory to God. Father, we're praising you. We're just giving you thanks, Lord, that you've given us a system, Father God. A system, Father God, that cannot fail, Father God. We can use it for good or we, you can use it for the bad. But Father God, you've made that system for the good. So, Father God, I thank you, Lord, that we choose the good. We choose life. So, Father God, thank you, Lord. From this point on, Father God, our mouths, Father God, will declare, Father God, goodness, righteousness, Father God. We praise you. We just give you thanks. Give us each, Father God, a great week. And may we always bless you, Father God, in our praise and our worship and in our prayers. And everyone that agreed said, Amen. Amen.